2: This show originally aired in
0: 2019. In my body, when it drops, it's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. What a show we have lined up for you—a wine discovery you need to know about. And here it goes. Without lectures, without judgment, we're going to tell you how to make plant-based food taste delicious. A few simple tricks, and you won't miss the meat. We're going to put luxury taste into your vegetables with sauces, spices, fat, crunch. And in our third segment, we have an expert on how to make vegetables taste like meat. That's the theme of her cookbook. My food buddies are here. We're at the Big G Gateway Community College in downtown New Haven. Our news team studio, a TV studio, the Big G's five culinary education professional kitchens. We can make your mouth water biting into a meaty, grilled portobello mushroom burger, juicy with dripping cheese, crunchy with panko crumbs. Let's go for it. Now, Mm -hmm. Chris Mm Prosper, let me say who the food buddies are. Senior contributors, Chris Prosperi, Mark Raymond, Alex Province, joining us from KJZZ, our sister station in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, everybody. Hey, Faye. Hey. Robin Doyen Aiken, our. Hey, Robin. Unbelievable hey, everybody. senior <laughs> producer, one of the best on the planet Earth. Okay. Thank you. Chris, we'll start off with our version of a portobello mushroom burger that is so drippy, juicy, juicy. fabulous, Ugh. crunchy, mm-hmm. everything, that it makes you not miss the meat. With mushrooms, I like to have organic. Portobello, organic mushroom, the big one. Right. Stem, stem oh, comes yeah. off, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Find
3: the biggest ones you can find because when they cook, they get a little smaller. So larger is better. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. All right. Faith loves it crispy, so we've got a panko coat it. Take your mushroom. You clean it up a little bit. You know, make sure there's no dirt on it with Fluff. a paper towel. Yeah, a paper Funny. towel. Or you know, fancy people use a brush, but paper towel is oh. more than okay. Because again, you're going to cook it, so not not to work.
0: So to get these panko breadcrumbs, the mm. Japanese breadcrumb, you can get them anywhere. You mm-hmm. could use regular. I love
4: them. You could use regular breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs. if you want.
0: Doesn't matter. It's yeah, just I like you them. Have. Okay, to get that to adhere.
3: Yeah, we're going to do flour, egg, and breadcrumb. And if you want, you can use cornstarch. Any kind of instead thing. instead of flour. Yeah, instead of flour, and you can use Free breadcrumbs, too, so this can be a totally gluten free dish as well, right? So, whatever if you, you like, use yeah, flour. if you don't use flour, you so see, you take it and dip it on both sides, make sure the flour is nice and coated on the whole thing. Then, you're gonna dip it in the egg, and the egg I just whip with a fork, and then it goes on both sides again in the panko or breadcrumb, and you pat that in there to get lots of breadcrumbs on it because mm. that's what makes it crispy.
0: Now, I'm usually heating up a cast iron skillet. You could use a regular fart pan if you want. But I try and find reasons to use my cast iron skillet. So. Of course. Of <laughs> course. I've been letting this thing get hot. Do we want oil in the pan, Chris?
3: You can saute it or you can pan fry it. If you're going to pan fry it, you want a little bit of oil in there. So say your portobello mushroom is about an inch thick with the panko. You want about a half inch in the pan. So it's not frying. It's called pan frying because you fry basically one side at a time. I use canola oil. You can use peanut oil. You have to use an oil that has a high temperature because so the higher you olive fry, olive oil's this, a little low. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's a little expensive too. Use whatever oil you like. It doesn't
0: matter. I buy the big giant metal containers of ariston olive oil so i use it's <laughs> yeah, what i use yes so you use, can you know? so if you have
3: it that's what sort i of thing, anyway, don't buy sure. a special oil for this just use what you have get that oil nice and hot so where it's shimmering very carefully lay your portobellas in there and then just wait till the breadcrumbs start yeah. to turn here's, golden
0: here's here's the thing when i first tried this this was tricky With meat, traditional meat, there's a sort of timer in your head about it's time to flip the burger and you might want to even flip it many, many times. You've got a portobello burger with this – crunchy coating. Mm-hmm. It's in oil and the question is what point do
3: I flip it? Look around the edges and you're looking just at that breadcrumb and you want to see just when it starts turning that nice golden color. Yeah, and you'll know you it when you see it because it again it makes your mouth water because you're ready to eat. And then you just very gently, because you have oil in there, very gently flip it and then you do the next side for about the same time, whatever that was. You know, a minute and boy do they come out nice and crispy. Then mm. you take them put them on a plate with a towel or a Paper towel, and then I like sprinkling salt on them right when they come out because remember, we Mm -hmm. haven't used any salt yet. So sprinkle them with a little sea salt or whatever salt you have just as they come out of the frying pan.
0: Now, I promised that these would be drippy. Oh, all right. So here's where we add the drippiness, and that juiciness is going to be in the portobello itself because they have lots of moisture in them. Yeah. However, Chris and I both like. Gruyere or fancy yes. Swiss yes. cheese mm-hmm. On this burger So yeah. when the second side Starts cooking
3: Take the cheese And put it right on top And it'll just melt
4: for Oh it. yeah oh. Right into all those Nooks yeah. and crannies Of the panko uh-huh. Oh yeah <laughs> <It's>
0: Drippy <laughs> and, and Chris wants us To butter the bun Yes and toast uh, them. So, yeah. and so wait,
1: time out. Time Everybody butters this, their buns. Is this don't Faith's or is this Chris's? Is this both. It's you guys are tag teaming yes, us you're here. Done, no, dude. it's together. <laughs> we did it together. Yes, it's a
4: collaborate
3: oh. And then, what do you like to have on your burger? Do you put mayonnaise or do you like on our portobello? What would on you put? this, yeah. nothing. I nothing. Don't put Just anything. anything on it.
0: And now that I mm. have your butter on the the hot toasted buns, yeah, you don't need Now anything. I'm oh. not. I'm not putting a thing in it. And if you want, you can. You can. But if you want to keep
3: it totally vegetarian too, remember you can just do the right well, some people are going to yeah.
0: put lettuce and tomato Chimito. and onion, onion. and yeah. mm-hmm. whatever you want mm-hmm. okay so that's a way i promise you grown-ups kids you put those mm-hmm. burgers out and nobody's saying a word just say burgers
3: Yeah, put them on the <laughs> bun ready put is, the lettuce or whatever yeah. you have on it just no. just burgers yeah. and that's it people and if, start eating if
0: them. you're people like all the condiments yeah. put those out and just say go ahead Unlike some other mushrooms, portobellos actually
2: have a wonderful, earthy, deep flavor. Yeah. Yeah. They're the mm-hmm. best mushrooms to yeah. make a burger out of. And, exactly. firm, and
4: a firm texture yeah. to yeah. them, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're firm to the bite. Exactly.
3: Okay. And pan-fry them like this. Like Faith said, they get that juice inside of them. Oh yeah. My God. Mm-hmm. As as so much moisture it, to them, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so Chris and I did that together. That's mm-hmm. our throwdown okay. on the
4: portobello burger. All right. Who, who's well, up? I got one. Alex, well, do you want to go first?
0: Go ahead, Mr. Spanish Man.
1: (laughs) So speaking of Spain, I'm going to make a chorizo and manchego burger. Nice. I like it. I like it already. I'm
0: doing the subtitles. Chorizo. Okay. (laughs)
1: Nice. (laughs) Manchego. I I debated. Is it chorizo or manchego? Manchego. Yeah, okay. Okay, no, go ahead. Uh, You know
0: I'm teasing. Go ahead.
1: So listen, you're going to take a bowl, do a couple glugs of olive oil, some minced garlic, pinch of salt and pepper. Now to make the portobello taste like meat, I'm going to do a couple dashes of cumin. To make it Spanish and taste like chorizo or chorizo, I'm going to do Spanish paprika, the pimenton. I'm going to oh, yeah. use the the Good dulce idea. one. And you can get it in any grocery Smoky. store. It comes in a really pretty box. Yes. Yeah. Don't do the hot one. Do the sweet one. It's not sweet, but it's right. right. It's, it's not spicy. Right. Okay. So now my big portobello mushrooms are going to get Tossed and coated with all this goodness. And I'm going to use my kettle grill at home. And I'm going to do what you do, Faith. I'm going to have a cast iron pan going in my grill outside. Bring the portobellos and put them over direct heat and cook them like you guys did yours, kind of like a burger, mm-hmm. and try to get some pretty grill marks. But on the cast iron side, I'm going to have red pepper, like pimiento peppers and sweet onions, like Vidalia onions or sweet Spanish onions. And I'm going to caramelize those until they're tender and translucent and sweet. Mm -hmm. So I've got two things going. When I go to build it, you can do it like on a regular bun, but I'm going to use pan tostado. I'm going to take a baguette, toast it on the grill, going to get some pretty marks on it. I'm going to take a clove of garlic, a drizzle of olive oil on the bread, and then I'm going to, put my portobello mushrooms and then all my sweet onions my sweet red peppers i'm going to lay my manchego cheese on top and to make it extra juicy i'm going to do a little drizzle of olive oil really nice olive oil on top some flaky kosher salt yeah there you go I love it. Nice. Wow. My that mouth's watering already. So
0: good. <laughs> yep, I want that. I love your version. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. Wow. Now, mm. um, I don't know why we're stuck on these portobello mm. mushrooms because the whole They're show, good. basically, except we've got a wonderful wine to taste, is about how to do plant based meals without any lectures. There are ways to make these vegetable based dishes taste delicious so that you don't miss the meat this is not a vegan show this time okay so you can use butter and cream and cheese and whatever you want maybe later we'll do a vegan one but just have at it we're going to stick maybe once or twice more with the portobello mark raymond
4: yeah so i'm going to put the argentine twist on it and Mm. i'm going to make a avocado chimichurri sauce that you're going to put on your portobello mushroom. How do you do that? So you take your classic chimichurri, put it into the blender, maybe about a cup of it. So your chimichurri has parsley, garlic, olive oil, salt and pepper into the blender. Get that going. And then you put an avocado, maybe an avocado and a half. And you blend it. It almost comes out like a mayonnaise. Yeah. It's really creamy Creamy. and rich. Yeah. But it
3: has that chimichurri flavor. But it has
4: the chimichurri and that wonderful texture that you get from avocado. Mm. And you just layer that on top. So I'll take my portobello mushrooms and I'll actually dip them into my chimichurri sauce Mm. before I put them into the cast iron skillet. Let them sit for about five minutes in that and kind of marinate a little bit. And then I'll put them in that hot cast iron skillet. Pull them out. Mm-hmm. Put a little provolone cheese over the top.
0: Provolone,
4: provolone—that's yeah, very sharp. typical Argentine.
0: Chris, yeah. you see what they're doing. I like it, the way yeah. we did ours, what would you say in a French American yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but what these two are doing in their team is they're <laughs> marinating their mushrooms.
4: Yep. Yeah.
3: Should and we have done that? Or no, are you think not, not? If you're going to bread it and make that yeah. crispiness on the outside,
4: both yeah. really good, but okay. two totally different approaches.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. That sounds really good.
4: Oh, it's so delicious. All
0: right. So you see what we've done. Robin, Joanne Aiken, senior producer, did you have a portobello idea or are you moving us on? Please, yeah, I'm I'm so sorry.
2: You. I do not have a portobello burger <laughs> okay. idea. My go-to is always pasta. Seems boring, but no. that's, that's well, what I mostly I go to pasta. when we're having a meatless night. Me but too. If you're not going to have any meat sauce, what you really need to do is load that up with good stuff. So... I'm thinking about spinach, of course. Pasta loves spinach. So that or I love arugula in my pasta. Mm-hmm. With some cheese, you know, you could put some feta in and it kind of melts into a little sauce. And any other vegetables you want to throw in, you can throw in.
0: There's a thing about pasta. A lot of people who eat vegetarian, will say, or plant-based, mm-hmm. they say to me, if I get served one more bowl of pasta. And I'm thinking to myself, because usually everybody else at the table is eating meat, you know, or at least that's the way it mm-hmm. used to be and i 'm thinking to myself, "I wish that they would keep serving me a bowl of pasta yeah, yeah. I, Aside from
2: the veggies that you would throw in, don't forget about, to make your pasta special, don't forget about beans and nuts
3: because those things Uh,
2: actually add some texture. So people who really are not crazy about another bowl of pasta, you're putting something different in there that they're not getting all the time.
3: Right. Robin,
1: don't you throw in sunflower seeds? I actually
0: love sunflower seeds in my pasta. You know, Mm -hmm. you taught me something a long time ago. And you explained that when a thing called for pignoli or pine nuts, Mm -hmm. You would buy the sunflower seeds, which are a fraction of the cost, and I started doing it too. And so I always have a bag in the freezer.
2: Yeah. If I have company, I really will splurge for the pine nuts. But if it's just a regular weeknight and it's just the family... Sunflowers do in a pinch. (laughs) And
3: Mm -hmm. everybody loves them. Mm -hmm. I've got a pasta that I just made that's totally vegetarian that I fed to the construction workers at our restaurant right now and they didn't even know it was meatless and they kept coming in going, this is the best pasta. All I did was chop up an onion, throw it in a pan with some olive oil and garlic. I chopped up broccoli really small, threw that in the pan. I threw in a handful of spinach. Then I hit it with white wine and again, real easy so far, right? A pinch of salt and then I… I threw my cooked pasta into that white wine stuff and I hit it with a little bit of the pasta water. So when you drain your pasta, save like a cup of that liquid and I just mm-hmm. add a little bit of that back to the pan. Why do you do that? Just it, to add moisture mm-hmm. and then this Some is starch, right? yeah, and starch and this is what finished them off. This is what does it. I add a little bit of Parmesan cheese and then just as I'm taking it off the stove – now remember, it's really piping hot. I have on the side four whipped egg yolks.
5: Oh, an oh. And I take
3: those egg yolks. It's not saucy yet, right? It's more liquidy mm-hmm. because it has the water from the pasta and the white wine. And some of that is absorbing into the pasta uh-huh. but not a lot. And then you just take that egg and put it right in there and the just – The four
0: egg yolks.
3: Yolks whipped up just a little bit to break the egg and then mix it in and then very slowly just spoon that into the pasta as you're taking it off the sauce and just watch that sauce come together and oh my wow. god wow. is it good Chris, that's delicious. a great wow. chef's trick yeah. just a couple, of, just a couple egg yolks and then you don't need stock you don't need anything it was just water and some white wine and they were like what is in this pasta what is in this pasta and slivers of garlic Chris yeah just or chopped garlic it doesn't matter it's the mm-hmm. that egg at the end with a little parmesan cheese just takes it over the edge. And then all of a sudden, you're not even thinking, oh, was there chicken or or sausage or any kind of meat in that pasta? And I fed them all broccoli. Chris, right?
1: I can see you uh-huh. doing that chef thing where you toss the pan, this huge yep. industrial pan, and like all the things flip off the yeah. side, what's that called? <laughs> <It's... See? laughs> we love that. I had visions uh, of you in the I'm kitchen. I'm telling soda. you, but look Onto at the those, floor at my those. house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But I'm telling
3: you, the eggs add a richness, and you don't even need meat.
0: All right. You hear what we're doing. We're trying to tell you the tricks we use to cook plant-based dishes without traditional meat. So that you don't miss the meat, the little things that add richness, a kind of flavor, a texture, a mm-hmm. crunch. And you can even do what we're suggesting one night a week. Yeah, meatless Mondays. So. Yeah. You can say, you know what? This is so good. I'm going to keep doing this. As you know, I'm going to do it two nights, three nights, six nights yeah, all
3: meatless the time. <laughs> when we cook in my kitchen, the key is for a vegetarian dish. You don't have to announce it. Right. It's just a good dish. Yeah. It's just If it's a good meal. dish, if it's a good dish, you don't have to say anything. It's just this is what's for dinner, and it's, it's like really good cuisine, dinner, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly. like so yeah. satisfying.
0: Okay, so we've got more ideas and tricks for you. We have a wine, a Malbec. It's in our region, and it's really well made. There's not junk in this wine. We're going to tell you about that coming up. And don't forget, we have the author of a cookbook called Plant Based Meats. She's really trying to make them taste like meat, and we'll see what she does for her tricks. More mouth watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, and I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back.
2: You're listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show originally aired in 2019.
3: Bees and Bees and Bees and Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans Beans knocked cornbread out of sight Cornbread said, now that's alright Meet me on the corner tomorrow night I'll be ready I'll be ready
0: If you'd like to sign up for a podcast of the show, it will arrive in your inbox every single week and you can listen on your schedule. That's how it works. Just sign up once at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Brosberry, chef and co owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine brokers Alex Province and Mark Raymond, Robin Doyen Aiken, senior producer. So we tested a wine. Mark recommended this, and he said, I've got a wine from Argentina that's available in our region. Wholesome. It's handmade. It's $10 a bottle. We have it on the website, foodschmooze.org.
4: Yeah, 10 to $12 a bottle is what this would cost in most stores across Connecticut.
0: It's a Malbec Finca El Origen.
4: Finca El Origin, yes.
0: Okay. It's from Mendoza in Argentina. Yeah,
4: it's from the Uco Valley in Mendoza, Argentina. It's a Reserva, which here means it spends a little bit of time in oak, so it gets that wonderful mouthfeel that we love.
0: This is a dark red the way... Malbec's almost have a violet color. Yeah. And yeah. they stain, you Dark know, we're purple, we're drinking yeah. this out of a paper cup right now and it sort of stains. Hold up the food. Violet. Yeah. Oh, Very yeah. Very good with the vegetable based stuff that we just had, right? It's
3: rich too, isn't
4: it?
0: And it's kind of sporty. Yeah. You know, joyous, sporty. It's not overly simple, but it's not overly complicated. It's fresh, think, it's
4: lively. This is weeknight mm-hmm. wine. Beautiful, right beautiful yeah. everyday drinking wine.
0: I agree. Finca. El Origin And Finca is like a farm. In, exactly.
4: That's in what it is. Latin in, okay. in Latin culture. In Latin culture.
0: Handmade, Mark.
4: Yes. So it's all estate-grown, estate-farm, so they don't send the grapes anywhere to make this wine. And you can get this uh, from two of your distributors in Connecticut. You can get it from Angelini Wines or Worldwide Wines.
0: And we tell you on the website, plus we have a picture of of the label, just spell it for them. I say do that because there are tens of thousands of wines. What store could stock everything? It's impossible. Call ahead and say, would you get this for me? And they should have it to you within 24 to 48 hours. And at $10 a bottle. It's amazing. When you say it's wholesome, we've talked about this on the show, and I like to do that because there are more than 2,000 additives That can be put into wine to manipulate flavor, not necessarily healthy for the body.
1: Right. And... Machines that are used that change the wine, like take out water and they use contaminated grapes and they use a machine to take, you know, to to allow them to use contaminated grapes that are grown on the side of roads and stuff and... There's so much monkey business that goes on. So a wholesome wine is, is what you want to be drinking.
0: Sometimes one of the things that they do is if you are very serious about your plant-based eating, they'll use an animal bladder and yeah. run the run the wines. To up. filter
4: and find the wines, yeah, yeah. to try and clean the, them up.
1: The when biggest w- culprit is, is a ton of sugar. There's some yes. of the, the bad wines, they hide sugar in there to make it drinkable. So you think you're drinking a dry wine, but it has like four or five times the amount of sugar of a
4: properly made wine.
0: Mark, you know these makers. What are they doing? Making it the old school way?
4: Old-fashioned way. Very simple. From vine into the winery, pressed. They'll do the fermentation. And then from there... They'll rack it a few times after it's been in barrel and then send it into the bottles. There's no They're not manipulating j- what or, I call junk. No. The Uco Valley is one of the cleanest, pristinest valleys in all of Argentina.
0: Okay. So here's what we want to know. How is it that these folks can have this vineyard in Mendoza, Argentina, when other people are adding Sugar and crazy things and metals and growing grapes by the side of the road. And how can they do it?
4: Well, costs are inexpensive in in Argentina. You know, the labor is very inexpensive. The materials, they do a lot of production, like making their own glass down there. The wood barrels are probably the most expensive in all of the production. Because they
0: have to get them toasted.
4: And it's got to be oak that's brought in. It's got to sit out for a certain amount of time. To, barrels are handmade they're not cheap barrels are very very expensive
0: so. yeah and they last for only so long we once on one of the food and wine tours that I led in France we went to a barrel maker
4: and toaster cooperage, and yeah.
0: we saw them to create a certain flavor in certain wines, how much they were. Um, so there's a the
4: light, the medium, and the and and dark, dark toast. Yeah. yeah,
0: and that affects depending the Depending on the winemaker. It's om-
4: The way a winemaker once explained it to me, it's almost like there's salt and pepper in their seasoning of their wine. They want it lighter or more oh, medium or more, medium, or more heavy mark. toast depending on the vintage.
0: What a great remark yeah. that is. Thank you. At foodschmooze.org, you'll see a picture of the label and some remarks about the wine, what to say at the wine store so they can bring it in for you. We liked it with all the vegetable-based stuff, and I would just drink this wine with anything. Nice glass. Yeah, it's
4: just a great everyday drinker.
0: Let's get back to our vegetable dishes. Robin, I know you have this lasagna thing. The very kid-friendly lasagna rolls.
2: Uh, nice. Kid friendly
0: and adult friendly
2: too. Yeah. yeah. Hello. <laughs> Not surprisingly, you can make these in a cupcake tin because I feel like I might be on a cupcake tin kick right now no, with all the too. stuff I've been sharing.
0: I love the cupcake tin yeah. as a. Go or ahead.
2: you can do ramekins too. But here's the idea. You take lasagna noodles, you cook them as you would normally, then you put them out on a paper towel or a cloth to dry. Once they're dry, that's when you can put ricotta. And store-bought ricotta, to me, is a little bland, so I usually add some herbs to it and also a squeeze of lemon, because that just really punches it up a little bit. And then you can add all kinds of veggies and things like that to your ricotta mixture. Smear that on your noodle. And then you can add spinach leaves or any greens that you might want to add. You can put that in and then roll them up. Now, if you're going to use a cupcake tin or a ramekin, you first will put a little sauce down at the bottom, and then you put your rolled up lasagna noodle filled with all its good stuff, top it with a little Mm -hmm. more sauce, melty cheese, some mozzarella or something that's going to melt on top, and some herbs sprinkled on top. Drizzle of
1: olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. And the good thing is,
2: you can customize these. So like, Mm -hmm. moms always hate to make
0: separate meals for separate people in the family. Do you ever let the kids help you add? Sure. Own favorite things to the roll. Sure. It. it just it increases. Sounds like fun.
2: Yeah. It increases the chances that they're going to finish their dinner if they yeah. participate <laughs> in the party. making of
4: it. I in. made yeah. it myself. So yeah. true. I put what I want in it. You know? So true. Exactly. Um, I'd have Nutella.
1: Alex, what do you have? <laughs> so how about uh, for all of our beer drinkers, Spanish tortilla, like tortilla española. Tortilla espanola is just like a Spanish potato and onion pie. So basically it's the size of a plate. You sauté some onions in olive oil. You sauté some potatoes that have been thinly sliced like Yukon. Combine them with a whole bunch of eggs in a bowl dump them out onto a saute pan that has some olive oil. You cook it till it's mostly cooked through. You flip it with a plate. You slide it back into the pan, and then you cook it till the bottom side is cooked through. You slice it like a pie. You can serve it hot, or you can serve let it, it come cold. down to room yeah. temperature. You can it's serve it cold.
4: One of my Put favorite two picks dishes. Put
1: toothpicks in each little slice, and that with an icy cold beer is like heaven. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. And if you pictured a firmer because of the potatoes a firmer quiche that's what it is you can yeah. you can Restless. hold that Triangle in your hand if you want to. And it won't bend. It's just <laughs> it won't best. flop. <laughs> it's a pizza test. Oh, yeah. And you can you put can...
1: it into a sandwich. You take a piece of baguette and you put the tortilla espanola yeah. in the middle. Oh. And then now you have a sandwich. Oh, yeah, Tortilla good. sandwiches. Yeah. If Love I had that. to give up meat, like I would eat tortilla sandwich. like every day, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just loving these. Yeah. yeah. Um, you heard me a little while ago talking about marmite. Marmite is a British thing. It comes in a little jar. You can get it in most supermarkets in the international aisle. The reason I mentioned it, and I've mentioned it probably five million times in the past,
1: you are the is that Marmite when I Queen. was
0: well, it was like <laughs> people will say, "Well, what is it?" It's like a paste that's in a jar, and it has this kind of yeasty, salty thing going with it. If you add it to a vegetarian chili. It makes it seem so much like meat that you can't believe it. It is one of those tricks that certain chili cooks Mm -hmm. will use. And a lot of plant-based cookers doing a meatloaf or something, they don't have or don't want to use nutritional yeast, Mm -hmm. will use this Marmite paste. In Britain, we used to have it on a piece of buttered toast, almost like a snack. Thin,
1: thin, thin smear, though. Yeah, it's really. Key, right? It's so
0: intense. So you don't need – you need like <laughs> couple, you. a couple like tablespoons lesson. in an entire pot of yeah. vegetable-based chili. Incredible what it does. Wow. Okay. So I've done my commercial for Marmite.
4: <laughs> there it is.
0: <laughs> it's back. <laughs> I own so much stock in Marmite. Okay.
3: <laughs>
0: okay. Who's got something? Chris
3: Prosperity. Right, I've got a chili now that we're on the chili oh. run. I call it my chicken chili. Instead of using chicken, I use diced up potatoes. Take an onion, chop it up, throw it in a pan with some oil, add some garlic and then I throw in big handfuls of cubed potatoes. This is going to mimic my chicken and then I make my chili like I'm going to make a regular chili. How much do you cook it?
0: No, I add
3: just raw potatoes. I cook it in the chili, right? So the potatoes cook in there and it gets nice and like thick and – all right, so – I add uh, my chili powder. You can add some cumin, some oregano powder. Get that all going in there. If you're a tomato person, I put a little tomato paste in there and then I hit it with a beer and that's going to be my liquid. Then I let that cook until the potatoes are soft. They're just getting soft. And then I use canned beans now. Mm -hmm. I open them. I drain them. I rinse them real quick and I throw them in there. And sometimes I'll thicken with cornstarch and sometimes if it's thickened enough because the potatoes kind of break down and that's it. You add hot sauce or whatever Mm -hmm. kind of spice you want, a good glug of like Frank's Red Hot or whatever hot sauce you like. Mm -hmm. Put it in there and then I serve it over rice. And I don't know if it's the rice that does it. (laughs) Potatoes over rice. Yeah, but it's not potatoes, (laughs) right? It's, it's chicken, chicken chili. Unquote, And uh, I served this – the last two times I served this, no one mentioned they couldn't find the chicken. I don't know if they were like, oh, there wasn't much chicken in it or the potatoes are the chicken. But it works every time wow. and people love it. That's interesting. And next time I'm going to add some yeast too, nutritional marmite. yeast or marmite to it to see what that does because I mean, yeah. I've heard it now from you a dozen or so times, and I've never <laughs> tried it. I mean, I've tasted Marmite, and I and I I have a love-hate relationship with it, right? Um, yeah, you, most, you're like, oh, I hate people that. You like, yeah. taste it, and you're like, oh, I hate that, but like a second later, you're like, I think I'll have another bite. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it's like eating
1: a bouillon cube
3: or something. I, I'm stopping at the grocery store. I'm getting but a I'm, jar. I've got to use it as an ingredient no. in things, and yes. I'm going to try that the next time I make a yeah. chili. I don't it's, recommend
0: yeah. it. On Even as a kid, you know, the first time you see the adults <laughs> eating it, and yeah. you try and you think,
3: Mm-mm. What are they crazy? No. And then
0: But that's a perfect movie of what yeah. happens. You, mm-hmm. you want it again. Yeah. And so I would use it as an additive for yeah. a I'm stew. Gonna, and I'm going to try that. Product. Yeah, I'll try
3: that in a vegetarian <laughs> stew too, right? Yeah. Stews or curries. When we cook at the restaurant, a lot of times I hand spoons around and get everyone to taste because at the end of all my vegetarian cooking, I'm always left with, oh, it needs. X, and I can never right. put my finger on X. And maybe it is that nutritional yeast or a little bit of marmite. Or cumin or, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or something. Cumin olive always oil. always makes mm-hmm. –
1: oh, that's an everything.
0: You day. know what I mean? Yeah. Fats are yeah. beautiful. There's that tomato sauce that we've done on the show and that mm-hmm. I've made at home, which mm. is butter, quite yes. a lot of butter in with the canned tomatoes yeah. and maybe one little spice. It's a good way to start. As an entry into the world of plant-based eating, you know, be sure to use your spices and your texture going with... Breadcrumbs and and, and and we already olive oils do it like and,
3: nine out of ten times. I make a pasta. I'm making a vegetable pasta, and not because yeah. I'm like, oh, today I'm plant based. That we use that term it's now. Fast. It's yeah. just no. That's just I'm making a pasta. I mean, when you think about most of the pastas we eat, are usually just tomato sauce and pasta. So I think mm. maybe putting that label on it makes it sound like it's harder yeah. than it is. But just make the food taste good, and no one's going to even know it's plant based. You know, Chris, <laughs> you
0: taught me so much you described going to your Italian friend's home in Italy. Yes. And it was lunchtime. Every and he day. just went into the refrigerator yep. drawer and pulled out uh fresh and funky whatever old yes. vegetables yeah. and just chopped them up lunch. so tiny yep. and sauteed them in Every olive day. oil and garlic. The description you used back then was the pan was three quarters filled with diced up vegetables and olive oil and garlic and one quarter filled with pasta. And yeah. I never but, forgot that. And yeah. that was
3: every single lunch we ate. I, and we but, do the reverse but, yeah, here. Yeah, but <laughs> that's right. I learned broccoli doesn't have to be this big florette. And the same thing he does with cauliflower and all the Sounds vegetables. Sounds like how my mom used to get us to yeah. eat vegetables as a kid, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Choppy, Chop it can't up, you can't, it. you can't You don't and, know what it is. And you can't remove it. <laughs> so
0: is it Roy Finamore? He's famous for this forever broccoli. You know, if, I just made it recently. Yes. Four hours it cooked. Yep. It's cooking in a lot of olive oil. It's my favorite thing. I could eat that.
1: Can you get smeared onto something? No. Or, or, no. no, you no, could put eat, it on yeah. pasta,
0: but you just oh, want to eat it. I'm yeah. good with that as my main dish. Roy
3: taught me when he came to my restaurant a couple of times. He's the one who taught me the one thing I didn't know about vegetables, like the broccoli, but also like green beans. When you cook them lightly, they taste and are one thing. But when you cook yeah. them for a long time, they become a totally different Diff- thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, which is why you have to experiment. But it's not the, what we think
0: of as overcooked vegetables no, like the all. old like the 1950s no, it just 50s, becomes this yeah. different it's not that no. it becomes another thing and yes. i think it's the amount of olive oil is whatever no but
3: it becomes hey, this luxury dish can i they quickly dissolve, right?
0: before we go to our plant-based meats cookbook in the new york times melissa clark i'm just crazy about her had this uh recipe for baked polenta with crispy leeks and blue cheese so she put blue cheese into her stir pot of jolenta, and then crisped up the leeks, and then put that all together, and that was your kind of main dish. Then, this was Food 52, the blog, they did Momofuku's roasted Brussels sprouts with a fish sauce vinaigrette. So think about this. They took the Brussels sprouts and they roast them in the oven, chop them up, and put them in a saute pan in olive oil on the stovetop. So it's Mm. double cooked. Now they're getting really crispy. And they chop up some mint. And you're Mm. thinking, why would they put those two things together? But that's how the recipe goes. Now listen to the the fish sauce vinaigrette. You use that funky... Vietnamese fish sauce that is so bizarre and very salty until it gets mixed with the right things. You put some water, rice wine vinegar, fresh lime juice, a little bit of sugar, a garlic clove, and some chilies. Now, you hear how Thai... That has become – and you just mix all that together, salty, sweet, sour. All those four tie points are hit through this, and then you mix it with the crispy brussels sprouts. It's got to
3: be so good. Oh, yeah. i I've got to try that one.
0: The cookbook, Plant-Based Meats. That's next. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. For an on-demand podcast of the show, go to foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back.
2: listening to a rebroadcast of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. This show originally aired in 2019.
5: my off well, my vegetables, cart off and
3: sell, my vegetables
0: I'm Faith Middleton with the gang. This is the Food Schmooze Party offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York. New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island. That means the Hamptons, of course. Senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Uh, as we go to our cookbook author, the book is called Plant-Based Meats. She tries to get these plant-based ingredients to taste exactly like various meats. So we're going to talk with her in a second. Quick mention, though, right? So we tried yeah. this thing called Bomb-Bomb, B-O-M, B-O-M. <laughs> and the flavor, it's a liqueur, and the flavor is nilly vanilli. <laughs> It's gluten free. It's <laughs> vegan. And, um, it consists of Caribbean rum, almond milk, and a vanilla cookie wafer f- yeah. sort of flavor. flavor. Yeah.
5: It, it tasted just
2: like those vanilla wafer cookies that yeah. you get in the Millis. supermarket.
0: At this particular flavor, by the way, won some kind of contest. And the makers of this bomb bomb are in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah. Right? Just, mm. just mentioning, uh, 14% alcohol. And we like the idea of putting this, not drinking it by itself because it's quite sweet. Right. But we like the idea of what we were saying, if you did an Irish tea or coffee.
4: Coffee. At the Mm -hmm. end
0: of a meal, that'd be fun.
4: Yeah. Over ice. Yeah, Yeah. over ice.
0: You can do a frozen drink with this. But be prepared that it's quite sweet. So you want it to be kind of an end of of meal thing. So thank you for sending this to us, Bomb Bomb. Nilly vanilly flavor. <laughs> Love
4: Tasty. Yeah. Mark said
0: put it in a chai.
1: Into a chai tea. That
4: would be really, yeah. oh, really
1: interesting. Uh, Dunkin' it for French toast. Ooh. Oh. Oh,
2: Alex. Oh,
0: Alex.
1: It's breakfast here. That's <laughs> it.
0: That's <laughs> such a good idea. Okay. Here we go. We're going to talk with Robin Asbell. And as you know, on this show, we've been doing plant-based eating, how to make it luxurious and delicious. And we found her cookbook, which is called Plant-Based Meats. These are high-protein recipes for vegans, flexitarians, and curious carnivores. Chris, before we meet Robin, tell us about the meal that you cooked for us. We made it into tacos. Mm
3: -hmm. So it's called walnut cauliflower ground beef. Because it really does mimic round beef and it's a simple recipe to put together. You take a pan, put it on the stove, heat it up with some oil in it. You take cauliflower and onion and put it in a food processor and puree it till it's nice and minced. Cook that until the cauliflower and the onion get nice and lightly brown. The pan starts to dry. So it takes about four or five minutes, right? As soon as that's done, you add some chopped garlic, then tomato paste, teeny pinch of uh, sugar, oregano- chipotle powder, which is a little smoky hot, some smoked salt. Mix all that in there and you can really start now smelling like it's smoked beef. And then to finish it off, all you do is uh, a good handful of chopped up walnuts. Cook that until you get a nice walnut taste and smell coming the out texture. of it, right? Yeah. yeah, and that adds that little, not crunchy, but kind of so mouthfeel. This recipe's
0: on our website along with others. We're going to be talking about walnut, cauliflower, ground beef. Now, it didn't taste like beef to me, but that walnut thing and the smokiness—I like, don't care yeah. whether it tastes exactly like beef. No. This is just mouthfeel, though, it's kinda right? Kind of good mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I like the flavor.
3: Yep. Warm okay. tortillas, a little stuff you on top. Thank for making that.
0: Heaven. Yeah. So, plant-based meats. The author is Robin Asbell. Welcome to the
5: Fudge Party. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I love to schmooze.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you feel that the dish we were having just now that we just described that Chris made for us, did you set out to have a taste exactly like beef or were you trying to mimic the texture?
5: That one, I mean, I like the texture of it and it's got lots of umami and a lot of great flavors. But, no, I'm not, you know, a molecular scientist who's making that meat that bleeds and and all that Uh. sort of thing. (laughs) Right. Plenty of the recipes do come pretty close. But I think, you know, nobody's going to take a bite of cauliflower walnut taco and really be fooled. And it's all in good fun. Just delicious.
0: We're all in each other's wheelhouse here with, you know, saying, Why not just have fun with these things and make them taste delicious using Mm -hmm. all these tricks? And so you also create, and this is on the website, foodschmooze.org, beefy beet burgers. Now we're starting to see color mimic beef. This includes baked potato, the raw beets, raw walnuts again, vital wheat gluten, And a secret ingredient when you do something like this, nutritional yeast, agar powder, smoked salt, coconut oil, and a little bit of tamari soy sauce, and kitchen bouquet. What are you trying for here?
5: The secret to the Bleeding Burger actually is um, a vegan heme iron, which is the same thing that makes beets red. So fun, and also I think beets do have a certain earthy meatiness. And then, you know, wanted to get the texture right and build in, again, as much umami as possible. That's sort of the secret to getting a good mock meat is using things like the nutritional yeast and smoky salt and things like that to build in some of that complexity and meatiness.
0: So nutritional yeast, I just bought some. In the old days, the big joke was, you know, that I must have bought stock in Marmite because
5: it really it really does you make plant-based
0: stuff uh. taste very meaty and can really fool you. And I think there's something about nutritional yeast mm-hmm. that does the same thing. Is that right,
5: Robin? Oh, yeah, they're pretty much the same thing, except that nutritional yeast is dry. Marmite's a paste, right? So, That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's the same. You know, it's just cheesy and nutty and has a real complexity again. It's got mm-hmm. B12 and as a flavoring, it just adds all that complexity. Because plants are simple Mm -hmm. and an animal is complex. So when you're doing vegetables, trying to make them more hearty, you've got to build that in.
0: So when you say stuff like agar powder, if you're not used to seeing that around and you're not a plant-based eater traditionally, you will say to yourself, what's that? Where am I going to get that? What does that do? Can you help us understand, Robin?
5: Agar powder is You'll hear it called vegetarian gelatin, Mm -hmm. but it's just a kind of seaweed that's actually been dried and powdered that will then gel exactly the same way gelatin does. just adds a little bit of mouthfeel to the burger. A well-stocked natural food store will have it. Or of course, you can always order these things online. Yeah. Whole
3: Foods, I think, has yeah. it too.
5: Chris, have you ever yeah. used it? Oh
3: yeah, yeah, I keep it. It's a good substitute for gelatin if you're a vegetarian and you don't want to. So,
0: why do you want that substitute for gelatin? What's it? What's it doing? In when you're trying to mimic a burger,
5: sort of thickens in it a binds. non-starchy uh-huh. way. It, yeah. You know, it binds, uh-huh. and uh-huh. of course, you know, gelatin is made from animal hooves, uh-huh. so we stay clear of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so right. do you eat this way, Robin? Actually, because I'm a food writer, I do a lot of developing recipes of all sorts for all kinds of magazines and for my books and my newspaper column here in Minneapolis. That said, yes, I do eat this way and, you know, try to make sure I do a lot of prep as well because, you know, it's great they have these burgers or meatloaf or taco meat in the fridge, so you've got it handy. It's wonderful stuff. So you prep
0: the stuff ahead of time, and there are buckets of whatever in your refrigerator and you start to throw it together
5: that is just the handiest way you know because some of these are very quick but you know some of them like making some seitan there's a basic beef seitan recipe in the book it takes 10 minutes in the instant pot and then I take those chunks and sometimes I freeze them sometimes I grind them up to make taco meat with or you know add into different things A lot of recipes will say, just buy some cooked chicken in the form of a rotisserie chicken, you know, and pull the chicken off. So if you make some of my shredded chicken, then you've already, you've got basically cooked plant-based chicken ready to go.
2: Uh Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we have another recipe for quinoa sweet potato meatloaf. And Mm -hmm. I would. That
4: sounds (laughs) delicious. You know,
0: we are crazy about here on the show of meatloaf sandwiches.
2: We just did a meatloaf
0: show. We were just crazy with wanting meatloaf. And I think a lot of people on the way home, those in cars Mm. were driving (laughs) straight to a meatloaf. I think you could make a sandwich out of this quinoa sweet potato Mm -hmm. meatloaf. So this is quinoa and olive oil, onion, mashed sweet potato, almond butter, ground chia seeds, chickpea flour, dark miso paste, all of this available in the health food store near you, parsley, ground sage, salt and pepper, tomato paste, red miso paste, and balsamic vinegar. This all comes together, first in a saucepan and then in the oven.
5: You know, it's funny you say that about the sandwiches. I really think the meatloaf, the whole reason for it is a sandwich. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <Right? laughs> yeah. You're know, you on Welcome the right the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great fun because the quinoa gives it that sort of meaty texture and a little bit of chew, and, of course, there's all kinds of great flavor and uh, almond butter and chia seeds act as a binder. I just love it. It's just full of flavor. When people come
0: over to your house, do you announce that we're having a plant-based dinner, or do you just serve them the food? This is a tricky question, so let me let me do my little uh, side story here. People are allergic to so many different kinds of things. You have to quiz them. Are you allergic to anything? That, you know, please let me know. What do you do? How do you handle it?
5: Most of the people that I invite over to my house know that I am a a cookbook author and that I write vegan and vegetarian cookbooks. And so I generally know most of their dietary preferences. There have actually been numerous studies saying that if you call something healthy or tell people it's, you know, whatever, this is the gluten-free whatever, unless they are gluten-free, they're going to think it tastes awful. If people are just general omnivorous, broad-range eaters, they can just enjoy things in their own way. If people come in who I know are vegan, I'll say, okay, well, this is vegan, this is vegan, this is vegan, hmm. you know.
0: So I just want to take a minute if I could. I promise no lectures, but I will say this. It may not be dire for you. You might need to even not have nuts or you have low oxalates because of kidney stones or whatever. Just mention it. Say, I don't mean to make a fuss. I just want to let you know. The host will really appreciate it. And it kind of is your responsibility. They don't want you to get sick. So I just want to say thank you for joining the theme of the show, which is to make interesting plant-based foods, Uh, have them taste great, feel great in your mouth. I really appreciate you being on, Robin.
5: Well, thanks so much for having me, because that really is my mission. There's people who want things that are as meat-like as possible, and they deserve to have something great.
0: Thanks. Thanks so much. Robin Asbell, Plant-Based Meats, and three of her recipes on our website. Never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.
5: My.